Hey, this is Dan Klitzner, inventor of Boppet, and you're listening to Verbal Shenanigans. But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Hello, everybody. Welcome on back to the Verbal Shenanigans podcast. Uh, happy, Mike, are we allowed to say happy holidays yet? Are we Are we there? Are we in the time frame? Uh, does Thanksgiving have a editor where we have to say holidays? Well, that's true. I just meant are we in the tech? Like, to me, Thanksgiving is like the, the kickoff to the holiday season. Oh, all right. He's the leadoff batter. He's, yes. He is Ricky Henderson. He's Thanksgiving swinging. He's stealing. He, he's getting everybody into the game right, right, right away. I think we can name the holiday, and then after that, it's after you say what you prefer to say, see how people react. Answer. Well, I, I prefer to say I'm in the holiday season. I'm ready to go. Um, I'm fired up. Things have calmed down a little bit on the the moving front and and being out of my house for weeks and uh, um, you know getting sick here and there happens and whatnot. Hence the little delay in the episode. Not a big delay, but you know, um, no stalkers this week. Congratulations. No, yeah, no stalkers this week. I did not get high beamed for for ten miles, twenty miles, whatever the hell it was. Um, feeling good, feeling great, doing some. I got some. I, I did some things purposely this year to get me into the Christmas sp- spirit coming up. Um, one, I am working. I'm working a Christmas tree sale next weekend. Oh, all right. Let's not make it sound like I'm a. I'm an elf. It's actually just like a bunch of guys huddled around a um, <laughs> huddled around a bonfire, drinking beer and then selling a, a, a tree occasionally. It, it, it's in an alley. They have the fire in a barrel. When you come up, they're like, oh, what you looking at? What, what do you want? I, maybe I got something for you. Yeah. Hey, you're not a cop, right? Yeah. I don't need a license for these trees. You cop? I mean, loosely, you're not that wrong. <laughs> I mean, right. essentially, it is the, uh, the the men's club I belong to. I know that's probably like, there's probably yeah. like 12 men's clubs left. But uh, in hey, the- listen, give me another 25. Maybe uh, Santa's helper is going to help you, though, Santa. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So essentially, it's like, yeah, we need a couple guys to come help volunteer, and like forty of them go down <laughs> and just sit around and have beer and stand outside by a fire pit. Um, but I'm doing that. And then the next morning, next Saturday, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna help pack food for like a. a a fundraiser for 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 starving people. We're gonna make like six hundred meals in two hours. Um, oh, sweet. I, Where do I put in my order? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, had to slap this address label on Mike and Izzy. I'm like, well, wait a minute, this is going to Douglasville, Georgia. Um, Ooh, I should not ask for beef. That does not go well in the mail. That did not work out well. And he sent it snail mail too. No, I decided this year I had a little bit of an epiphany. That I got to do things like we talked about this many times. Like when the holidays come around, do you have the Christmas spirit? And me and you have gone back various years. Yes, no, yes, yeah, I got it. I'm excited. Blah blah. We we had this conversation every single year for the last nine years or whatever the hell it's been. 
And I decided I, I got to do things to put myself into the spirit. I got to, I got to, I got to massage it out of me because I, the older I get, the more curmudgeonly I get and like, eh, it's just another, this is a, I mean, having a kid definitely helps like that, that gets the juices flowing a little bit, but I'm going to try to, I, I figure, you know, Hey man, I got to be a little thankful. Like I'm healthy got good friends, got still got my family around. Um, and this all came to me the other day when I was, I was at a funeral for, for my uncle, and that's when you said life is good. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. That's when I was like, yeah, let's celebrate. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, man. Let's start a fire. No, oh no, no, don't put him in there. No, no, I didn't say <laughs> creamy. I just said let's start a fire. No, I'm looking around and I'm sitting there like, okay, his kids are younger than me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my parents around still. And knock on wood, both very healthy, um, still involved, still doing things. And I'm looking around, and I'm surrounded by tons of family uh, who all love this guy and whatnot. And uh, crazy story real quick. I was at the the funeral of my my uncle. He had Parkinson's for 14 years. So um, it's sad, yes, but it's also like if I was ever in the situation he was, I would hope Mike... Mm you would just bury me and take over the podcast. Just just, just put me away, please. All right. You know what? I, I'm not going to wait for the first <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm like, Scott, uh, I, I didn't like how you looked in that last video. I'm, I'm just coming up there. Scott, you have a fever. You're, you you, you got to go. Where's yeah. my pillow? <laughs> if you start the podcast and I haven't joined and you turn your head and you see me in the window, you may want to run and, and find your health. Let, let's write up a will where – you smother me with the pillow fighting championship pillow that we were supposed to get from the pillow fighting championship. Um, and we'll do it all for promotion. Just take me out. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. We'll have all the guests show up. Think, think about how many listens you would have if you had a viral video co-host smothers <laughs> host for, for podcast. You know, like it would go, it would definitely go viral. Well, well, I mean, knowing us, we don't have much visual podcast, so yeah. I probably won't. It's like, I, I didn't like last week's episode. All I heard was Scott going, woo, woo, Yeah, It's for the best, buddy. Yeah. And then the next week, we'd be like, we're back. I'm like, damn it, they got us. Um, uh, damn. No, I had, I had this epiphany. Um, but at my, like I said, it was a crazy story. Uh, at my... Um, my uncle's funeral, all of a sudden, like, we're in the church, and out of nowhere, you just hear, uh, and then a boom, 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 like a collapse. And it, we all look over, and what's going on? There's, like, a little calamity going on over there. And my my cousin's wife had a, a seizure and just collapsed in the middle of the funeral. And, it, you know, everyone's attending there, and we we have some nurses in the family and whatnot, so, like... It's okay, but then it's like that awkward, like, do you sit there and stare at her? No, but then, like, the service just, like, pauses, and the the the, the organ player just has to keep playing, like, holy music for, like, 20 minutes before, like, we get the okay to, like, go on with the, the funeral. So, like, it's kind of like when some, you're watching a football game, and somebody has, like, a bad injury and they got to pull out the card exactly. and they're like, well, we got to entertain them somehow. 
Yeah, like where they won't show anything on the field, so they're just like, let's go back to Troy Aikman. You can tell they're just like buying time on the air. or Like we're going to commercial break again. That's what it felt but, like. And the weird kind of thing for me is like after like all that, and it's like, oh, thank God she's okay. I feel kind of weird with them going, all right, let's go back to the funeral part about well, it. Though that's what was kind of weird. Like it was like, okay, let's restart the sadness almost. Like, okay, well, let's call her Jessica. Jessica's okay. Uh, all right, let's get back to Uncle Bob, you know, or whatever it is. Um, let's get back to let, – let's shift our sadness from worry about her to sadness. Like, very weird mind trip that you, you kind of go through. Like, do they give you, like, a warning? Hey, we're getting back to the funeral. If you have to go to the bathroom right <laughs> now, this is probably the best time. And all with the organ player will – People play that music kind of like a permission. Yeah. People were che- people were checking Twitter for like the restart time. You know when when it's like a rain delay. No, um, so that was weird. And then all of a sudden, like the priest started talking again. I'm like, oh okay. And then at the repass, like the meal after, all of a sudden we're eating and we hear uh, and another collapse. And the poor girl had another seizure at the repass. Like it was just. And apparently she has like one a year, and she's been on medication for these. So it was pretty pretty scary, uh, weird experience. Well, most people took off 2020 with the, the pandemic and everything. So she probably held that one in, I would suppose. So you're saying my my cousin's wife took a seizure break. You know, yeah. She didn't yeah. feel like having them anymore. Listen, I mean... We can't go to the hospital. I mean, we, we, we declared that in 2020. So you can't just be doing this and heading over there so you just be like all right let me pack this one in and then like she had her she had her seizure here in 2022 and she's like ah i I just look at the numbers i'm down one i forgot i held one in yeah this is probably a good time and all because we're we're all having fun we're having you know funeral food this will be kind of a good time to go. Surprise! Fun- funeral food. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a big business funeral food, let me tell you, man. I, Mike, I Burlew's, Mike Burlew's funeral food. <laughs> you feeling down about your cousin being dead? Don't you worry. Yeah. Michael Burlew's got the funeral food to get you going. <laughs> that thing is dead tasty, my friend. That thing is so dead on great. <laughs> You got a grandma that has recipes that she takes to the grave? Well, I stole them from her, okay? Ooh, I got the best funeral food in the business. That's actually a fantastic idea. Okay, new business idea. Another one that we're throwing out there. Grandma dies, right? Grandma dies. We take her recipe books and make the dinner for all the people coming that grandma would have cooked. Dude. Now you're saying it out loud. Dude, dude, cut this out. We got a million dollar idea. Don't you dare use our ideas, people. Dude, whatever your whatever your uncle and cooked, do they have recipes? You email them to us, and you know, we'll take care of the rest. And you come and it's like, oh my god, Uncle Mike's um, Uncle Mike's spicy wine and <laughs> Uncle Mike's Pumpkin lasagna. The cheese. <laughs> Everyone's so disappointed. They're like, we just want a chicken franchise and a salad, so we get the hell out of here. You know, <laughs> that's not that's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. That could work. I mean, hard gonna... hard marketing. <laughs> hard marketing. Like we're trying to poach just to make some money. It's hard to get the business started because when they first hear about, it, they're like, 
uh, it's a little cruel, but yeah. it's like you've got to let it. When when guy head. when guys that look like me and you come up and pitch funeral food, hello <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shark Tank. Um, Shark Tank. Yeah, have anybody die recently? What they like to eat? They're like, where is this going? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, have you heard our podcast? Okay. Now they're making us leave faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funeral food. Funeral food. But so I'm. I am trying to. And and along those ways, I was like, damn, man, like, I guess I had one of those, whatever, call it cliche. Epiphanies. Call it cliche, those life is short moments. Like, it, life mm-hmm. is short. Let's, let's stop waiting. Let's stop waiting. Let's stop waiting for the next thing or I'll eventually do it. And you know what? Like, I like to help people. I like to do random random charity and stuff. And what's better to get the spirit up than that? And we, uh, we, uh, I, I, I want to do like some, some Christmassy things and maybe like get it going like December 1st and not December 23rd. Like I usually do when I'm like, yeah, Mike, now I feel the Christmas spirit. So where, where are you sitting with the holidays coming? I know this episode will probably come up three days after at, Thanksgiving or four yeah. days after. So, so right now, it was kind of the story I was going to bring up. I'm in a weird spot. Okay, okay. Let's let's break it down. Right? Let's get it out of you. Come on. Oh, let's okay. massage your turkey muscle. So, so yeah. So <laughs> Thanksgiving is literally two days from when we're recording right now. Correct. And uh, I was over to parents, I want to say about three weeks ago, and we were chatting, and we were trying to figure out the holidays and everything. And I'm like, yeah, what, whatever you want to do, if you want to come to our place, we'll come to yours. You know, whatever, we'll figure it out. We'll just figure who's going to cook or if we care to cook or anything like that. So I want to say it was Thursday last week. I was driving back from work and I generally on the ride home and I called my dad and just chit chat for a bit. Yeah. And while we're on the call, my mom is in the background, uh, like yelling my name. And because that's what my mom does. Anytime my dad talks, it's like she starts yelling something, asks a question. And I have to say what about eight times before oh my she God. comes near the phone. Anytime I, my wife used to call her family, it would be like she'd be talking to her dad, and then it's like they'd both get on speakerphone, and it would drive me absolutely insane. They'd be like, "What? What? Yeah. What? What?" You know. And we I, we are both on the same page about repeating ourselves. Oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's one, maybe two, and then it's rage. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You know, I have a limit. Get that limit. Forget about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, mom gets on the phone and she's like, um, "We're not doing any. We're, we're probably not doing anything on Thanksgiving. Um, I'm behind in my Christmas decorations. Oh boy. Uh, oh I, boy. I haven't put my Christmas decorations up. So we decided that we're we're not doing anything. We maybe go." to uh, the Golden Corral for a buffet. Oh, no. So she says that, and my first thought is, I'd say back to her, oh, yeah, that's okay. Um, You know, when we were, when they were in Florida, we went to Golden Corral for Thanksgiving before, or we don't even do anything. That's fine. And all the, we don't do anything when we come over. And there's just this pause of silence. And then my mom pretends she's like, Oh, I, I think something cut out. What did you say? So 
I come to realization and I go, so you don't want us to come over for Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, we're going to we're going to be decorating the house for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I'm losing a holiday for which I pray to be the most amazing Christmas decorations in the history of mankind. Thanks. And it's just, also Thanksgiving, in my opinion, number one holiday, um, best holiday. No, no presents, no gifts, just a dinner. So you're losing and football and relaxing, and they are and saying beer. now and beer, and now they don't. They're just they want to get ready for the next holiday. Skipping to me the the best holiday there is. Yeah, and then it kind of like as she emphasized, I'm behind and I need to catch up, and I'm kind of like, catch up for who, mom? Um, you you know who comes to your house? Me and my brother. There's your answer. Right. And it, it was just like a weird spot where it's like, it's not a big deal. At the same time, I'm like, what the? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to put you behind in the in the holiday spirit yeah. game. So me and my wife are going to probably going to go to a Chinese buffet for Thanksgiving. I don't feel like she's not a big turkey person it would just be the two of us and the dog so we'll just go to a buffet and i will be going the next day to the german town in georgia helen georgia where they'll have a christmas uh, lighting and all that so that might bring back it might brighten it up it might brighten but it up. it's a very weird kind of it's almost like i want to go in the house and be like god damn mom these christmas lights are crappy as hell this year man what the you know what you got to do you got to be like hey mom your thanksgiving decoration game is terrible like there's no thanksgiving decoration and maybe get her like halloween to start decorating for thanksgiving and then she'll be very very excited see knowing my mom like every time the doorbell rings she will be screaming at trick-or-treaters i'm behind on thanksgiving go away but no you know way. what? You know what? Sacrifice those trick or treaters for yourself, so you have a Thanksgiving. And then I have boxes of melted Snickers that are distorted that I can eat in the compromise of it. Oh, see, see, now I feel like we're we're in different places right now. We're we're hmm. we're we got to get you into the into the holiday spirit. Yeah, it's a it's a weird feeling. It's it's not like a oh my god, the world has ended. But I can't deny it's kind of one of those well. You know, there's the elephant in the room. It's kind of hard to look past what the heck just occurred here. Yeah, yeah. I say, I say, because I'm in this all out-of-the-box thing right now, get the Thanksgiving dinner from, like, Wegmans or something like that. Uh, whatever there is down there. I don't know. The gas station. <laughs> hey, don't. I told you. When you get down here, I'm no. taking you some gas station restaurants. <laughs> oh, thanks, you Mike. Thanks. You're going to be eating crow. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you'll be eating good barbecue, but it could be crow. <laughs> Down there, eating crow is a totally different, uh, it means yeah, it something very different. Crow and grits <laughs> is just oddly a great combination. Now, I here, can't explain it to you. Here's what I'm thinking. You got someone down on their Thanksgiving uh, feeling. You, get, you order the meal the night before from whatever, which is tonight where we're recording. Um, 
You get it yeah, all. That's the problem with the, your idea. But you, continue. You get the trays and you show up at that door and you say, hey, we got Thanksgiving ready to go. We're having Thanksgiving together. And you become the Thanksgiving hero. And they're like, Mike, 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 Mike. And she's like, oh, my God, I was so wrong about the 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 Christmas things. All I wanted was Thanksgiving. And I just wanted yeah. to feel appreciated. She's so upset. She just starts ripping the decorations Oh, my God. You, you're off. holding the potatoes over your head, twerking a little bit at the same time. You are uh-huh. just like... Thanksgiving's here, motherfucker. And, and, and your, your dad just takes his pants off and, and celebrate. It's just it's just crazy. No? I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, I like the thing where they chant my name, but yeah. other than that, I'm not sure that works. Whatever. I mean, everyone's seen their dad with their pants off. It's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah everybody's seen the dad just hanging dong. So. <laughs> no. Do it. Be proactive. Just go down there with a Thanksgiving feast in the car, ready to go. I'll just be calling you. Scott, I know you're having turkey dinner right now, but my parents won't open the door. They, I can see them peering through the shades at me, and I say, point to the turkey, and they still <laughs> shake their head. I, I can't get $200, and I can't get inside the house. I, ca- I can't get in. And in fact, they said, don't come back for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Got my fingers crossed for New Year's. Come on, Mom. Well, you know what, Mike? You got a seat at our table. Just drive another <laughs> nine hours up, and we'll feed you. So, so, babe, he said he would open the door, but I see him peering through the shades again. Mm-hmm. Scott, you know it's me. One time we, we celebrated Thanksgiving together, right? Wasn't that Thanksgiving? Or was that Christmas? You came to my brother's house. I... I, I remember the event. I can't remember. I, I, I'm going to guess Thanksgiving. I thought it was Thanksgiving. I thought it was Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I, I do, like, truly feel nobody should be alone on Thanksgiving. Like, so if anybody wants to come over Mike's house, just let him know. Um, yeah. You, me, 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 you're not welcome. No. Um. <laughs> it's either going to be strangers or waiters at a Chinese buffet that line up my day. So. Yeah. Um, What's going to lighten up our day right now is is our guest. Is our guest? Um, that was a good segue. That was a great yeah. a segue. That was uh, usually they're not that good. Usually it's like we're talking about yeah. touching horse dong, and then we're like our next guest is a athlete from <laughs> or a musician. Uh, but that was a that was a great segue today. Today, Mike, we're going to get the. I feel like the holiday spirit's here, right? It's it's, it's here. Uh, toys are coming up uh, for the kiddos. Um, uh, Mike, was there a toy you ever wanted so much that you like couldn't believe? You, like you suspended belief and got it on Christmas that it was so good. I'm trying to think. I mean, we talked about my horrible uh, oh <laughs> yeah. hover boat that hover got. Boat. Caught in uh, all right. Well, the well, lake, we're, but, uh, we're at uh, November. Ones, you wanted uh, it. Transformers. Okay. I mean, I was Uber into that. I think I got like the big Optimus Prime on Christmas, and right. all with the trailer and everything that comes out of there. Yeah, that thing was a big one too. That was a, that was not even cheap back then. No, no. Um, so the reason I bring up toys is because this guy has been a toy inventor. Um, for for a lot of years, um, he's done. He's won awards for his toy design, his engineering. Um, but he might he created a little toy that you might know. We all know 
by the name of Bop It. Um, you know, kind of that Simon, uh, pull it, bop it, twist it. Um, so we're going to get the creator of Bop It on right now, and his name is Daniel Kutzner, and let's get him on the line. Get him. <laughs> so, so Dan, thanks for, uh, giving us a few minutes here, um, on the show. Uh, I, I stumbled across you just randomly on some Instagram video, and I think you were... I think you might have been playing with the, the large Boppet or, or or new Boppet you had come up with. Um, and I was like, well, this guy fits the exact character of the type of people uh, we like to have on the show. So uh, welcome thank, and thank exactly. you for a few minutes. Thank there. you. You mean you're looking for people that play with Boppets specifically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just scour, <laughs> scouring the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Some guys, wow. like I play Uno, we're like, get the hell out of here. Yeah, okay? yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're we're a very specific targeted audience, you know. You know. Well, well, there's only a hundred million people have played it, so it's a pretty big audience. You just have to find them. <laughs> so, so let me get before we get into any any of that. I, I want to know what your what was your background? Were you someone actively trying to invent something? That, like, how did this? I uh, did you go into marketing or when? Where did these this the genesis of all this start for you? I well, from the time I was little, I liked drawing things like monsters and gadgets, and I have some around here somewhere. Very, I I was really uh, really liked stuff. Not not so much uh, fine art, but I really liked making things, playing with things. And luckily, I discovered industrial design after a couple years in engineering, which I hated, and found that that's really what I. I, I so I went to art center. College of Design in Pasadena, and I just loved it. It was, you know, the perfect mix of having ideas and learning how to express them and draw them and present them. That's, you know, very much what that school is about, not very engineering oriented. So coming out of there, I just started to freelance and get a lot of jobs as a freelance industrial designer, doing anything from, uh, architectural I, I actually was an illustrator too so i would i was just picking up jobs so i would do illustration for architects before computers did it for them and uh, i would do industrial design i was good at sketching so i would come up with concepts for different companies that were just looking for ideas and not so much the engineering side and one of the clients that i had as a freelance client was a toy company so i started to draw or to design the, the toys for Discovery Toys. And through that, I sort of heard that there was, that you could pitch ideas to toy companies, which a lot of companies are not open to that. So that's the very short path that got me there. In the meantime, I, I did also do a lot of designs of bottles for one of my freelance, a lot of the freelance clients, somehow I got known as the guy that could design these iconic bottles. So I would, I if you look, that's where, You'll see the Clorox bottle, um, Woodford Reserve, Hornitos. Huh. I was connected to a lot of agencies, and they would all sort of use me in San Francisco. <laughs> you know, someone would hire, no matter which agency, they'd all sort of use me for that that one skill. So that was really a good freelance gig. So uh, that was it. I was just working on with for a lot of different clients. Do you remember your first pitch to them? Was it kind of like nerve wracking where you're kind of like, I'm on top of the world. This is going to be the greatest thing. Was it, oh my gosh, I pray they like me. Well, 
What is it like a Shark Tank moment where you're in a <laughs> room with like five billionaires? For toys, you mean for pitching my toy ideas? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know if it's the very first moment. I do remember my first trip to New York where there's this thing called the Toy Fair, um, where that's where I sort of packed up my ideas. I'd been pr- working on it for a while. I'd made some contacts by that point, and I was very excited to go pitch to the to the big companies in New York. And I did not sleep the night before. I was actually so kind of punchy and excited uh, because I, I just it just felt like my destiny. Like I really had had done enough design and worked for actually you know six or seven years on designing toys for other people, and I was pretty excited to pitch to you know my own ideas. And I don't know the first time I kind of yeah I'm sure I was nervous and. You just want someone not to say, you know, that sucks. I, I didn't expect them to buy something right away, but I took the view of just wanting to know I was in the ballpark, you know, and, and, and uh, I did. I, I started to sell some ideas pretty quickly, so I knew I was in the ballpark. Do you remember your first, like, what toy it was that you pitched? I do. It was literally Tamagotchi. But no. not called Tom. I have the board around here somewhere. I could probably find it. It's pretty easily. It was a thing called uh, Gleeps. They were LCD characters that you took care of. Like little, they were like little characters, uh, like a bird inside of a cage. They were kind of like I had this idea. Hey, you could take LCD, you know, games and turn them into little characters. And not exactly the fine, you know, the full Tamagotchi vision. But it was literally eight years too early. Um, so I remember pitching it. I did stop motion videos. I had these really nice boards. I was really convinced this is a really cool idea. And they just, people were like, I, they didn't know what to think of it. You know, like it was, it showed, it's a lesson in being too early. And, uh, so that's one that I always look back on and sort of say, you should, you should keep pitching something when you, if you think you're too early, keep pitching it. Yeah. Like what, what is the reaction when you see something like Tamagotchi come out? You're like, Oh, come on. Like, you know, I had this or, or is it just kind of like, you got to let it, if you're an inventor, you just got to keep letting it go. Or you, you, you try, you try not to go. Like I ride my bike. I commute over the golden gate bridge to work. You try not to go near the golden gate bridge when that moment happens. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, no, honestly, it's one of the hardest things is being right at the wrong time. And it's happened to anyone who's done, you know, I've done over 3,000 ideas, pitched at least 3,000 ideas. You're bound to have some that are just too early and you'll see it and you just have to take it as validation. But honestly, right now, I, it still hurts. It's like Ugh. that I was right. And you, you, you just luckily I've had I was on time with others. Otherwise, I don't know what I would do, but it's it's definitely any inventor I talk to peers, they will all tell you the same story that it's just really really hard when you had something that was right on the money and you just either wrong wrong per, wrong company wrong time or wrong execution sometimes you had the same almost idea but you were just off by the teeniest bit and that and that someone else pitched it and they they got it right so that's why it's so difficult hmm. let's talk about the the first game that you got out there so for what i read up it was go go worms with, with play-doh 
and pushing it that, down. That's and, where the worms dance and take their clothes off, right? That was go-go worms. Go-go worms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're, <laughs> originally, yeah, they were go-go dancers that became worms. No, it's I don't. Yeah, that would be a good. But the toy company changed it. I don't know why. No, it was that's a, that's a joke. It, we I did not do go-go dancing worms, but um, there's still time. I too did, early. Too yeah. early. <laughs> Maybe we're too early. Uh, the that was a game that uh, after getting to know. So the process was, you know, I took my my wares, my my sketches and prototypes, went to New York, started to meet some of the companies, and it's not that hard to get into that you a lot of them have an inventor relations department in the toy world and if you have some sort of credential or you show something and you get to the right person they'll sort of do one meeting with you and sort of filter whether or not you're you're you know either that you have ideas that you think are original but they're just not or or you don't really know how to present them whatever it is you get through the first gate and then you sort of open up the relationship so i had done that i had definitely had other ideas that were starting to uh, sell or get optioned by companies. An option is when they put money down to sort of hold it so you don't show it to anyone else. And they're sort of, they, they buy it for about a month and just think about it. So I'd had a few of those. And then um, Milton Bradley had sent out a wish list, which the companies start to do with, with guys that they work with. And one of the things was we want to do something with, with Plato. We want a game, a game that uses Play-Doh. So there was at least a thought that, okay, well, there's lots of things you could do with that. You could squish the characters, which someone did. You could uh, do, you know, some other mold. A lot of people did things with molding characters that you then tore apart. So I just thought, well, why not racing worms with extruders? Because everyone knows Play-Doh extruders. So the idea was just thought of as I went and tried it out. And what happened was, you can't really extrude Play-Doh very far if you try to just extrude it. And the invention was to put wheels underneath the extrusion as it came out. If you look at the old, you can look it up on YouTube, the old videos, and it shows these, these like little apple core wheels that you'd slide. And as you extruded, then it just, you know, reduced the friction and you could have a race with these two worms <laughs> over at least 12 to 13 inches, you know, which you could never extrude that. Um, and you roll the dice and you kind of got to put two or three globs of Play-Doh in there. But the, the cool part was if, if you rolled the dice and it had a big, uh, mouth on it, this chomp, you got to chomp the head off of the opponent's <laughs> worm great. and, and then take the dough that you had chopped off and put it into your extruder. So theirs became shorter by like an inch and yours became longer. That's awesome. Uh, and, uh, they kept that in. Like I did, I, it was really funny. They literally did the game exactly like I pitched it. And, and I built a prototype that worked just, just like that. So it was, that was, so that was a really big kind of answer to your first question. When that happened, I was incredibly excited because I grew up with playing Milton Bradley and Parker brothers games. And to see my, my name next to a game that was from that company just felt like super exciting. And when the commercial came out, I couldn't believe it. It was yeah. like, had a jingle it had claymation it was something you'd see on saturday morning and go wow you know that that was a very exciting feeling that's awesome so the the first success comes other things come but 
Let's get to the, uh, the uh, you know, it, it's in your handle. It's, be, it's behind you, tons of it. Where does yeah. the idea for, for, for Bop It come? Like, how far along are we I will, in your... I will try. How much time do we have now? <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to do the short version. Um, All right. So I'm going to do this in, in, yeah, how can I do this in the shortest amount of steps? Well, it started... Uh, I'm going, to pre, I'm going to preview it in that if, if not for this remote control shaped like a pizza, mm. there would be no bop it. No, and, that's, it that's and if you're just listening on audio, it's literally a slice yeah. of pizza with, with buttons, different buttons. It's a slice of pizza that <laughs> it is literally a, a, a – you can use it to change channels on TV, but it looks like a slice of pizza. And the pepperoni <laughs> is like the volume and the – you know, there's some hot peppers that are sort of the, the channel changers and – and a mushroom there. Anyway, it's, it's, it's a good it's, slice because there's no pineapple on it. Right. You know <laughs> what? I agree with that 100%. It says remote go, by the slice. So <clears throat> short story on this. I, one of my freelance uh, clients was Memorex, the, the, which was just doing audio tapes. And then they got into doing consumer electronics. And they wanted to design universal remotes. A universal remote being one you could use on any TV versus up to then remotes came with your TV. Right. So they were coming and doing these universal remotes. And so this is actually a prototype or like a, this is just a, you know, a, a thing made of this plastic material. This was one, a handmade prototype of one of the remotes that I designed for them. And I also had a bunch of ideas for doing crazier things with remotes. Like, why should it just be something you hold in your hand? Could it, when it's on the coffee table, what could else could it be? Could it look like something funny? Could it be like an orb, you know, that looked like sculpture? I didn't like the idea that things would just sort of, when you weren't using them, that they would just sort of sit there when, and, and not look, you know, just right. didn't feel right. So, so I, I designed a bunch of ideas for them they didn't like. <laughs> that were crazier. They're like, no, just stick to the remote, you know? <laughs> and so, so I had ones that hung off your coffee table and ones that you kind of looked almost like a, a bottle. Like, and I started to think, well, I'm also doing it, doing toy. I was starting to pitch toy ideas as well at that time. And I thought, well, for kids that could work because, you know, kids watch TV uh, and they need remote controls. And so I thought, what about kids remotes that were, shaped like funny things, like a couch potato. I had a channel surfer, like a surfboard, kind of silly remotes or themed from um, like Nickelodeon, the, the talk show or the, the, the cartoon show, the talk show. That, uh, and that led to, I'm looking for it. An I'm, idea I'm still anxiously that, waiting what road takes us to bop it. So far, I'm like, all right, we got remotes, we got pizzas. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> let, me, let me make that, let me make it short. Oh, no, 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 no. Is... Keep, no, keep going. I'm really <laughs> interested. In the, I like the road. So while thinking about, so you got to get your head into these are remotes, right? You, you, it's how to change channels on your TV, but make it more fun. At the same time, I was working on this idea called watch the kid, not the toy that someone had sort of told me along the way, or I'd picked up like, all great toys are honestly about what what the kid's doing, not what the toy's doing. A hula hoop, right? It's not about the hoop going around. It's about how funny you look doing it. Or Twister. It's about how it animates you. Or, you know, Slippy Slide. I don't know, any number of these things where it's, it's like, it's all about what does the toy make the kid do? 
And so I thought, well, what if I applied that to a remote? What would that be? And, and this is what was called the channel bopper. So along with these ideas <laughs> was this thing that looked like a hammer. And when you bopped it on the, t- on the coffee table, for those listening, on one side, it would do channel up, right? So yeah. here, it'll watch me do it. I'm, I'm moving, right? I'm not just moving my thumb. Is it bop, yeah. you know, two, three, four, five, six. And then when you flip it around, you go channel down eight, nine, seven, six sites. So you could, you know, because we didn't have cable yet and you only had 22 channels. Yeah, so like a kinesthetic remote. Yeah. yeah. So you were banging it on the table. And then to kind of follow that train of thought, instead of push buttons for volume, there was a big, um, this dial in the middle of it, you know, kinesthetically volume up, volume down. So now with only four switches, I had volume up, volume down, all the channels you wanted to bop to and on off was the only this little pull knob is on and off right yeah so we have bop twist and pull you can see where this is going yeah although it took a while to get there and so this was in the running to be one of the remotes picked by because i did license this idea to a toy company you can look it up it's remote out of control and it's this idea of these crazy remotes, right? And so there was a couch potato done, which I have, right? If you're, I don't know if you're doing any of this on video, but we might have to on this the, one. Yeah, this is cool. This is the remote. Yep. So it is a potato, potato yep. shaped remote. <laughs> and as I've showed, there was a football and they wanted a third one. And I said, you got to do that channel bopper. That is, I mean, this is the coolest remote. You know, it just, I, I was, Sure, this was like a big idea. And they said, no, we like this pizza better. You know, kids love pizza. (laughs) And so they did the pizza. And I'm convinced if I didn't have the pizza as choice number three, it's quite possible they would have said, okay, okay, let's do the channel bopper. You win. So because there was this pizza, they said they, they didn't do this. And I kept pitching it to different companies after that saying, you know, this is still something that's very different than what I did with that company. It's not the same idea at all. This is this whole idea of, like you said, a kinesthetic remote that was really silly. Maybe it had originally a Nickelodeon logo on it because it was kind of crazy and wacky and it had sounds like that. And it wasn't until maybe seven or eight companies uh, kept rejecting it until someone said, you know, maybe it's not a remote because I kind of said, it's a remote meets a toy. And they go, what if you drop the remote part? And I was like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. You know, the whole point is it's a channel bopper. <laughs> How yeah. can it be a channel bopper yeah. if it doesn't change channels? And so it just shows when you're locked in. And that uh, it stuck with me and uh, not at the meeting. I didn't admit they were right at the meeting. I just sort of went, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then um, a, a, at some point, maybe six months later, uh, this was, I sort of had this model on my desk because I just liked it. And so tiger electronics called saying do you have any ideas for lcd handheld electronic games they're 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 slumping and you know those are the ones with your thumbs and the cool little images so i looked down at this this thing i said well maybe that channel bopper maybe it could be a game instead of a remote control what if that physical action of bopping was was a game i tried putting an lcd screen in it and that did not work. 
<laughs> because because you're waving it around and bopping and it's kind of hard to see what's going on on the screen it might maybe there was a game in there but can, can then I, I think you, the epiphany can I ask you a question like, I'm, I'm curious as you're yeah. as you're talking um when you're when you're going th through these kind of things are you independently making these prototypes or are you, or, or are you working with a team like i feel like it's got to be very hard to just make prototype after prototype like on your own. Like, do you have any kind of funding or is this just kind of your figuring oh, it all out? It's a great question. It's, it's what we call don't quit your day job, which is I was still, I still had, I was still freelancing for lots of companies. Wow. So I had hmm. work, you know, and this was really what I did in between okay. those, those jobs. And I did have people helping, like I hired a model maker to help on projects. And if he had time, I'd say, hey, can you build this little stupid idea I have? Or if we, uh, illustrating, because I was, I was a great illustrator, but I got so busy that I hired someone else to help. Like I would sort of sketch out the drawing and they would finish it. So I would say, hey, can you finish this sketch? So I, I definitely started to get people to help, but it was always in between paying gigs. <laughs> so I wasn't really risking everything at all. I just made time to personally you know, pitch these ideas. And so I built, started to build up ideas, but yeah, I, as I recommend, don't quit your day job. And, and luckily my day job had synergistic uh, skills, you know, like it, it, well, I had a shop, I was doing things for clients anyway, building gotcha. things like this yeah, yeah. remote. So that, that's a very important part of this is that I could do it without real risk. Um, so then so that's why I have the skill to sort of go in and try and mock up a lot of stuff. And then as you can kind of see coming, it was like, so I took the screen out or I took the idea of this and thought, well, maybe the most, the big innovation for a new handheld electronic LCD game has no LCD. And so all of these things in hindsight, I don't know if they seem obvious, but you kind of no. have to go backwards. Right. And so that, that becomes, as you're imagining, uh, and then it was a series of, okay, in my mind, it's like Simon, the game Simon, where it's a memory game. And this is really cool. This will be innovative because I'll put lights in the ends of it. I'll put, and I had, you know, lights in the, in, in the uh, pull and the twist and the bops. And it didn't say anything. It's just those lights would go off. And instead of Simon by pushing buttons, you would have to repeat what the lights did and you'd bop and twist and pull without any words. It wasn't one, one, it felt too derivative of Simon, but it also was actually kind of hard and it wasn't that fun. Like I kind of went, you know, this, this is just kind of difficult. <laughs> it just didn't, yeah. it just, it, you know, it, although it might've kind of worked or it might work today. It just, it, the gut feeling was, it wasn't there. So then the next step was what if it had sounds that looked like or sounded like what these things look like? So when you imagine a twist, so to, instead of a light, and, and honestly, the lights were expensive. To get all this stuff together, I was, I was actually pitching it to Tiger Electronics because they were the one that had, had, I was originally pitching this to. And the lights were a bit expensive. So I said, well, what? Instead of lights, because these aren't just buttons, what if it made a sound, a twist sound? You would know twist. If it made a bop sound, you'd know to bop, a pull sound. So... I tried to play the game of Simon with, you know, I'll do the sounds, <laughs> yeah, you know, pop, whoop, you know, so you heard these wacky sounds and you were supposed to do them in order and keep adding the memory to these sounds. And that was definitely hard. 
Yeah. You know, it was just like, wow, kind of abstract. But that's how the idea of the sounds of Boppet came about was that they they look, they sound how they look, right? And they mm. feel how they sound is sort of my thing. Like they yeah. they when you right. feel them, they they are tactile. So that all came about through that whole long process until I couldn't get it to work and uh, it seemed too hard. So I said, well, maybe it tells you what to do. It tells you to bop it, to twist it, to pull it. But that came very, very late because I tried all these other things and it was more being in touch with the fact that it was just too hard and, or I felt it was too hard. So that's how it became that. And it's still, I thought it would be multiple moves. And the big, I think uh, what I credit is sort of the biggest breakthrough for me was what if it just said one thing at a time it's the opposite of simon simon is memory it's patterns it's you know bop it was speed it'll just say one thing and will and and will you ever ever get that wrong and i would say if we all didn't know any better we'd say of course you'll never get that wrong yeah right (laughs) why would i get it wrong if it tells me exactly what to do so i tried it and and really just did it with this mock-up with an audio track. I put an audio track together because I didn't need lights. It could just, just, I recorded a bunch of stuff, tried it and said, you know, no, you won't get it wrong unless you speed it up. And so that's where we add the speed up to Bob it is now it's telling you what to do. It's only telling you one thing at a time. It's got a rhythm to it and you have to keep up because it gets faster. And and that knowing that eventually someone's going to not be able to keep up therefore it's a game and that's really the core dna of bop it where it came from so it's it's if you wonder where the tie-in back to the remote control is that's it's really amazing. kind of interesting <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It, it's it's so it's a handheld thing right it's sort of like a remote control but who does it control you not you yeah you. <laughs> so instead of so think about that original insight which was I want to, I heard, watch the kid, not the toy, not the object. So here's a, what a remote control is, is a thing that you push a button and you watch the TV change channels. Instead, this became a remote control, a thing in your hand, but it makes the person move. It literally controls the person. That's awesome. So it, it is <laughs> a remote control for, for people. And that's, I mean, that's the part that's kind of shows the DNA was really there from the original premise of watch the kid not the toy and that's that's honestly what led to this so when as you've done other stuff before you've gone through this whole timeline of getting bop it ready did you have an inkling that it was going to be a little more special than something else have you done or did it like release read just saying okay this is cool and then just like wow uh, i thought it was cool but I didn't know. I had a lot of things I thought were cool. I think to be an inventor, you have to kind of believe in everything, like really, really believe. And so, I mean, this was idea number 422, <laughs> I think, if you look I, uh, in my, I, I have them labeled, you know, like from the, the Tamagotchi one, the, the Gleeps was number two or number one, you know, and then from there, I just sort of kept numbering them and I'm up to well into the three or four thousands now. But so it was number 422. Or 20, 20, 420.2, I believe, <laughs> when I look on my board, and I have that board here. And that, and that is, is uh, you know, I pitched it to, luckily, the right person at Parker Brothers who got the vision. That's 
that's the other half of this is it's not just the idea it's who do you pitch it to mm. and and it was the person that had bought go go worms from me so that's where that ties in is because i had succeeded with that they paid a little more attention to what i came up with next and this was one of those things i had a, a few other games that they did in the meantime this one called gum guys <laughs> which was another one using play uh silly putty, putty. instead of play-doh and and that was kind of fun and so they knew i had sort of and a lot of the things they didn't do they still liked what they saw so i got i started to get more attention from them and when i pitched it this is the guy bill dorman who discovered uh, nerf and twister and so he had a pretty good eye and i really in the meetings i had with him i felt you know as he was the kind of scout for games there and he was i just really liked what he said when he saw something so i kind of waited till i could pitch this and a few other ideas directly to him. And he said something I've repeated before, but I just love this. He looked at it and he goes, you know, Parker Brothers doesn't do games like this, but we should. Yeah. He goes, yeah. but we should. So there's the difference between a guy, why you want to pitch the right guy, because you just, otherwise you get a lot of people who are almost looking to say no, because they're afraid they're going to take it back show everyone and they're going to go why are you showing us this we yeah. don't do those kind of games we don't do we do board games we don't do those electronic games like tiger does you know and, and i had pitched it tiger they rejected it before so they didn't get it so the fact that i did have a chance to to show the right person if not for him having the vision to go yeah i get it then it never would have ever gone into parker brothers in the first place so those are that's really unlocking like the mystique of how does an, at least in my case how an idea goes into a toy company and how lucky you have to be it's amazing so dan so so now that bapa gets you know they buy it and whatnot okay i'm sure that's a huge victory and you're like yes but that next step has to be insane where this this catches on and becomes a i remember going to my little cousin's birthday parties and they had a bop it and, and getting people bop it's and getting their kids bop like and seeing it everywhere what is that like for an inventor and someone who's put their their life's work into it all of a sudden this thing explodes uh it was imagine how i, I felt imagine how i still feel honestly 25 years later this is the 25th anniversary of bop it all right this year nice. i'm doing a whole bunch of stuff because of that and i honestly it's not going to be a yeah, bop. It's it with, like a, with, not going to be a bop. It with twenty five things to do, right? That seem that's going to be really hard. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, oh. <laughs> it did. It did cross my mind, but I did the opposite, and I want to show you what I did because it is really, really cool. What I ended up doing instead, with I, I had, you know, I, I will let me finish this one thought. Yes, it was amazing. It was, it was, a dream come true. When I saw it in the showroom before I knew whether it was going to be a hit i felt tingles like hey this is i could see people reacting to it like this is after a year and a half of sort of going back and forth and working with parker brothers and making like just being super happy with how it was turning out they had talented people working on it there and uh just the t the sort of feeling that it was real and just being really proud of it like god that that really is exactly like the way i wanted it to be like a lot of times people will feel that ideas get morphed um, and so it was when they called me, really, I was excited to see it the first time I saw it on TV. When I had samples, I'd play them with like my parents or 
or friends or something that just their reaction. Recording in just, progress. Uh-oh. No, you're good. Go ahead. <laughs> I just hit record. We were already recording? Yeah, just there. Um, I have my audio recorder all over here. You're all good. It was great. So, th so that feeling was, um, you know, it was, I felt really lucky. I felt excited and uh, I still feel incredibly grateful for, you know, that it's then lasted. But the thing people say is, hey, this is pretty good. Like the toy veterans are like, it's pretty good. You might even get three years out of that. And and I was like, "What is that like? Toy, what do you mean? Is that like toy trash talk in the toy world? Like, yeah, you get it. You get a couple oh, years out of this. No, that's as, that's as, called the Simon and Monopoly guys are looking <laughs> over at you. Yeah, you'll finish out your rookie contract, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then we'll say goodbye <laughs> to you. That it's kind of like that. And believe me, I would say the same to anyone today. It is extremely rare at the time, even twenty five years ago. It, it was already you might get people were complaining that a toy used to last a game." number of years and they're like three years is a lot and so they're like yeah you might get three years out of it and i remember this fierce feeling inside like what are you talking about yeah. this thing's gonna last yeah, forever like your baby like yeah. i just you know but i had had other games i i didn't feel that way about go go worms or something like that i kind of knew it had a lifespan this one once i saw it in action i was like this thing why would this ever not be out there and so that's when Bop It Extreme and Zing It and Top It, if you look up, there's all these things that I did right away, which were just Bop It's one of the most riffable, expandable, spoofable ideas, as you've all seen, <laughs> yes. you know, from all of the Saturday Night Live spoofs. And, and if any, all you need to do is Google Bop It spoof or be careful what you put as the second word, but uh, <laughs> you, will, you will have no shortage shortage of of why bop it is such a you could get almost anything and so that was clear from the beginning and everything from you know people say why haven't you ever done a blank and i'm like well i'll show you we've tried but there's a certain reason why certain that you can only have a certain amount of them out at any given time and and they you know for the economics it's better when you think about um evergreen products like Monopoly or something. They might do different themes, but it's like the core product is the core product. So that's what they've, we've tried to do. Although there's been many variations people probably don't realize, like there was a bop at Tetris, you know, oh, wow. uh, well, if you never, never saw, saw this thing, no. it, is, it wasn't supposed to be bop it, uh, but it was this idea of, whoops, I had it upside down. So what you're seeing is these lights you're you're trying to get them to drop oh wow see the oh isn't that cool that's really cool that's this is what this wild. is literally the the coolest game uh that i've ever i think designed um and it was literally this idea like i love tetris i like the physicality of pop it same thing i explained in the beginning how can you take tetris from being a game where you just use two little fingers on a keyboard to using your hands physically. So this cool. is, if you think of it, right, it's like taking and like you're really moving the shapes into position. And I had that as a post-it note for five years until I went into the shop one day and said, what if I mock this thing up in like a stop motion video? And I could tell from the video that it was really cool. So then set about making it and getting an electronic one built. So um, that became a bop it derivative, but it has nothing, very little to do with the original bop it. So, I have a lot of those type of things that got published um, that original core Boppet fans don't 
probably were long past their toy game playing days, so they never saw them. But the the new generation of kids know them, and uh, you know the so and, and another thing I thought was kind of funny is. In the toy world, uh, this is something you can see if it's video, but if we're just describing it, I designed a lot of these baby rattles before Bop It. This is one that, ironically, that is like a ha- like a like a baby Bop right? It. Yeah, yeah, this is like a Bop It Extreme. You yeah. spin it, you flick it, you twirl it, you right, you pull, uh, slide it, and yeah. you and you and it's got like when you look at these two things, like this is. Right? Isn't right, it wild? Right. And so you think, I think somehow this idea was just always kind of waiting to happen. Like, I like tactile, three dimensional actions. And that's the fascination with, you know. Um, well, it's funny. You're, you're, you're holding that up, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, oh, my two year old would, would probably like playing with that thing and fidgeting around yeah. with it. Yeah. It is. And, and so there's lots of plans still for now, you know, going into baby boppets and things. At 25 years, of a brand, you you can sort of assume it's going to be here. You know, it is an evergreen product right now. So now is the time. There just came out a, a, an incredible Sega arcade machine. One of my posts on social media shows this giant bop it sort of arcade game I built. And I've had it for 15 years and tried to get it in the market and finally kind of got Sega interested with Hasbro. And it, they just nailed it. If you look up the Sega amusement, whatever website, it is this. So... That's what's happening with Bop It now is expanding it. Um, and the other thing, when I said I wanted to do a 25th anniversary one, is that I spent two years. <laughs> what am I going to do? I did have one. I'm going to show you guys. When you said behind, hidden behind me. Oh, my God. Is oh, one wow. with not 25, but eight arms <laughs> that I call the Boptopus. Boptopus. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I wanted to do. And I kind of wish I had. But I got hung up on this other idea called the Bop It button. And the Bop It button is a is like you had two years and all you came up with was a Bop It with one button, you know? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but here's what it does. It uses the command I wanted to use for 25 years. It has don't bop it as well as do bop it. So bop it, don't bop it, do bop it, do not bop it. Let me just play a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah, so you yeah. know what it sounds like. Uh, I have it on a high level. That's why it says 153. I, I skipped ahead. Let's just play it. So what, it, what the other unusual thing is, I wanted to try a bop it that had multiple voices in it. And there's cameos in this one from people I auditioned on TikTok. Like I want, I wanted to give fans sort of something for 25 years. So this one gave fans a chance to be in a bop. It uh, sort of celebrated lots of nerdy things are in this, like nostalgia from 25 years are all the sounds you'll hear in this. Mm-hmm. And it, you, mm-hmm. you can sit it on your desk. It's like the easy button, but as I say, it's anything but easy. And when you put it on your desk, you can just, you can just hit it once, right? Yeah, actually, hold that, hold that near your uh, AirPods. Oh, right, I, it's right here. Can you hear it oh, better now? Yep. Anyone see you doing that? So that's <laughs> that's what it sounds like when you just hit it once. So you can just leave it on your desk like an easy button, and whenever you feel like it, you hit it. Let's see what else it does. 
it's got my favorite little that was actually a cameo from someone uh uh and and, and so i put my dad's voice in it who's 95 i think you should because... get samuel jackson in there be like, <laughs> well <laughs> fucking bob why did you pop it <laughs> that's what i'm saying who else do you want to see it this is like a pilot for showing how cool it is to hear multiple voices and <laughs> and it's it's this is for a, a cause we call bop it for good so this specific one the, the in the future, that is the goal is to find I'm saying, I'll donate my time if you'll donate your voice. And you go to a celebrity and say, I know, just like you guys joke, but you know, yeah, people want to hear celebrities do be be the bop it. And so I'm like, all right, I won't do it. We won't do a for paid thing. But if you're a big bop it fan, which a lot of like Jimmy Fallon or or um Jack Black or some of these guys, right. they I, I've seen uh, them playing Bop It. They're great fans. Like, how about you? Let's work on something, and you get your fans who want to buy it, and you pick the cause. So my whole point is, Bop It for Good is about using Bop It to do the most good uh, that I because I want to I, I want to give back after twenty five years, and I I think it's a unique. It's this thing I call inventing good. It's like think of ways if you're inventing something that you can actually do. You know, make it fun, make it, it something people want. Yeah. But uh, but listen, you just got to hear this up near my AirPod. I'll do it when you hear all the uh, some of the things this says and does. Like you'll see why it's so hard to win at this one button bop. It. Let's see. Let's go. Bop it, bop it, bop it, bop it, bop it. I'm already out. Bop it. <laughs> <laughs> The one command I like the most, he says, he says, when I say don't bop it, don't bop it. Don't bop. I thought we were clear on this. Yeah. You know, like it's like so it's got special uh things I put in there. I've curated, like I said, voices, commands, and every hundred bops you unlock a new sound from the past. And the goal for 25 years, so there's 25 levels, one for each year and if this is my challenge to everyone out there if you beat i'm saying can you beat the bop it button if you beat it at 2500 after going through 25 levels which will take you one hour of your life uh you will get you will unlock a special message from me and it's a pretty long message you know it's like me i won't tell you what it is yep. but it's but i think it's hilarious personally <laughs> and uh you may not but anyway who cares no yeah so so that's what you get you get a message from me and what i'm actually doing on social media i'm saying if you get one which is hard because they're just shipping now i don't know when you're posted when are you uh, posting uh either this, this week or the following monday okay so if you do and you order one and you get one for christmas if you beat it before christmas and you put it on your and you tag me on your media i will personally call you and congratulate you so that is your your i'm trying to pull out all the stops and uh the reason is is our cause on this one is for uh, lighthouse for the blind because lighthouse uh, for the blind basically helps people who are blind become self-reliant and bop it is literally the most popular game for to play oh, for people awesome. who are blind because you can Incredible. you can win equally well with or without vision you can you can be just as competitive so it's created a lot of friendships between blind and sighted people and so we're doing a whole program if you buy one we give them one 
we donate one and then they can sell it in their store for like a holiday gift and make all the money. So it's a very, That's really awesome. fun program. Amazing. So I just, you know, my whole goal is please spread the word. People look at this and they go, why, why do I want to pop with one button? And first of all, it's incredible. And secondly, it's for a really good cause. And if it succeeds, then we're going to go on to the celebrity voices and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm going to be really mad if I get it and I get to level 25 and I win and you're like, now for your reward message, just bop it or, or don't bop it and I hit the button and you're like, and you're like start <laughs> oh, again. No. Oh no, it's well, I will say that I will one spoiler alert is when I'm done admonishing you with my message, uh, it does say it does give you the option of quitting or bop it to keep going. And you know, that's because this will actually technically it will go to one million if if the switch will last long enough. It's only guaranteed to go you know, like 2,500, but it, it's technically, there's no reason why it can't. And so I did that so that people could literally just continually try to show how crazy they are by getting, you know, going six hours straight and getting a 10,000 or oh whatever God. the score is. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping happens. And I, um, I, I could see it, yeah. man. You see these Rubik's cube things are bigger than ever. These competitions are bigger than ever. I, yeah. I could easily see it. I could easily yeah. see it. Yeah. It, it's and and I'll give you one more visual. Is the other thing we're doing is if you buy one before the holidays, I'm gonna I have I'm prototyping oh my God. what I call the big bad bop it chain. <laughs> flavor flavor bop it like it. It is the flavor for those listening. It's basically the bop it button. One advantage of it being a button <laughs> is now you can wear it. And uh, I've I've made this 3D printed. I've made 20 of these. I'm going to be donating some to Lighthouse of the Blind, and the others are for people to win, uh, celebrate the 25th anniversary, and see you can you can play it on your chest. <laughs> you can just walk around. Uh, let me tell you, when I wear this in public, I've worn it a few times. You, you get kind of mobbed. People start bopping your chest. Yeah, yeah. See, it won't shut up. <laughs> so eventually it might be available. I may just only make these 20 special ones. So um, I'm just trying to lure people to bop it for good. Try to buy these because I think it's, a, you know, even if you're just a fan, you'll, you need this on your desk. Like you're required to have a bop button, but also um, just trying to make it fun. And I think I'm celebrating for me after this whole story, what I'm, Still really grateful, and I just want to figure out ways to give back by having people have something different and fun, but also to to do it for a worthy cause. Honestly, Dan, such a great conversation. I have so many questions I could ask you about other things you've invented and and, and your your toy career, and maybe we'll have you back back on down the line to to, to discuss that. But uh, one, thank you so much for giving us your time. If people want to check out where uh, where the happenings are and where you're where to follow you and and all things bop it where's the best place for them to go well the website is boppitforgood.com and that you know has a lot of stuff we're starting to put on there but really my social media that's if you want to buy a bop it button or just follow or support us or be on the mailing list to see what else I'm, i may do the boptopus eventually i may do other <laughs> things do so follow go there and subscribe and we'll and we'll put you on the list the other thing, though, is Bop It Inventor. As you said, that's my handle on all things. Um, I'm not that active on Twitter, but I am on Instagram and, and TikTok, where I try to post sometimes stories of what, like you saw, of what, what I've invented, many other things besides Bop It. And I try to tell 
if things fail, I talk about them, if they, whatever. So it's, it's a really fun to get comments. So Bop It Inventor and BopItForGood.com. Just going to pitch you an idea real quick. How about the hip bopotamus? Any, 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 how do you feel about the it? The head bopotamus? <laughs> I love it. I love it. There, the, the, there, is, there is a video of a kid wearing the Bop It button on his forehead I just didn't have the right name. We we have the, <laughs> of course the head bop. Of course there is. The head bopotamus, that's that's what's gonna sell it. So uh, awesome. thank you for that. Yeah. And uh final question before you go, in all these years of making Bop it, there has to be some story where some person came up to you and it's like, Your game's rigged, man. I bopped it. It didn't say I bopped it. I, I clearly hit it. It said I twist it. There has to be like some story where somebody's like, oh. it's rigged. No one came up to me and said that. Yeah, I feel like Mike but is just getting Mike is getting out yeah. some like childhood anger on out on you yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah, I beat my neighbor across the street when I was six years old. I swear, I bopped it. Damn it! I, I won't, but I will tell you. I know we're we're just. This is the short version. Again, is I was at a TED conference. I was speaking, and there was, uh, and so was Matt Groening. And uh, creator of The Jeez. Simpsons, yeah, mm-hmm. and I yeah. saw him, and I and I saw him up there, and I afterwards I said, God, I'm such a huge fan. I went and talked to him and said, I love it, blah blah. And he says, Well, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm a toy inventor, and anything I know, I go, Well, I did this game called Bop It, and he goes, You did Bop It? I hate Bop It. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> and he said it with a sense of humor, right? I hate Bop It, and he says. You know, especially in car rides and, you know, with the kids. And so I said, yeah, and we kind of joked about it. Then I had him sign. Let's see, is it here? Ooh. Oh, it's not the one I have. Well, since you're on radio anyway, imagine uh, I have a signed bop it with you. He drew a picture of Homer on it for me. Oh, and cool. I signed one and gave it to him. And um, and then the next season, he, an episode came out no. where the, where they're in the car. If you if you Google Bop at Simpsons and that, that he literally because he kind of said he kind of said when he left he goes stay tuned on this like something you know I'll get even with you and uh, it was real I couldn't that that in terms of moments of like are you kidding? But a game I created is being spoofed on The Simpsons. That was better than any of the Saturday Night Lives or the Second City or like there's a bunch of comedy things that have been done or comedians, but. I'd say that's the pinnacle is, you know, having Bart Simpson bop it. That's amazing, man. Well, yeah. parents hate you. Kids love you. We love you, too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for, you. for coming on the show, man. Just a fascinating story. Uh, so go check out Dan and all his work. Uh, Dan, thank you so much. Uh, keep inventing things. And when you got the next thing, come back on. Thanks, Scott and Mike. I sure will. I really appreciate it. All right, Mike, Daniel Klitzner, uh, give me your toy pitch right now. You're in a meeting. There's billionaires around you. They got money out on the table. You're you're, you're dressed to impress. You're walking to the door. Dun, 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 dun. That Shark Tank music's going. Dun, 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 dun. There's five sharks. Hello, sharks. And now go. Yeah, so... um. You know how you need water, <laughs> and uh, you don't always have it in the house, uh-huh. but you got tons of snow outside. Yeah, so, yeah. Wait, wait. It's like your pitch right now is, you know, always you always need water, and there's snow outside the house. 
So um, okay, I'm in. Uh, I, I I made this grand invention that I've had since the fifth grade, uh, called the snow melter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just put the snow in the cup, and the, you'll use this heating unit. It looks like a hair dryer, but mm-hmm. it's the heating unit, mm-hmm. and you just turn it on. And within 20 minutes, you'll have um, very warm water, but you can enjoy it to drink. So you have a cup of hot water, is what you're saying? Yeah, I you mean, could, you could children either, love tea. You could either melt the snow or make tea with it. Yeah, I mean, exotic teas are an option. I mean, that that means they can hit the international market. Ooh, what about the snow part outside? The, the inches piling up, nothing. Well, wait, I mean, your your invention we, your invention is hot water right now. Yeah, but I mean, it'll come with like two cups, so you'll be getting rid of that snow in like like no time, like weeks. Yeah, so like Buffalo right now with their five feet of snow. Yeah, yeah, those people would appreciate my invention. They would be at Orchard Park Stadium right now, just grabbing cups and using my heating unit. To get ready for some football. See, I have a different invention, piggybacking off of your great invention, obviously. Okay. Um, so, you know, your hose is outside. What if there was a way where you could tap into the hot water from with the hose and just blast the snow away with hot boiling water? Well, I make water. You're wasting water. So. I'm not wasting it. I'm getting rid of the snow in my driveway. You are just no. drinking tea. That no, is your invention. No. no, you you melt ice in your that comes out of your freezer. You don't melt the snow that's outside. That's ridiculous. Oh, actually, why don't we have that? Like where the hot water, like you just turn it and then then you can get hot water and blast the snow right off. I would assume the the bills for like electric or gas to make that happen is probably ridiculous. I don't think so because you have hot water pumping into your house. Why can't I tap into a feed to just be like, yeah, but the snow. I mean, unless you're like in a trailer park where you got like twenty inches. Maybe I am in a trailer park, Mike. Maybe I am. Why are you? Why are you uh, crapping on my trailer? Well, I mean. You moved from a home to a trailer. That's why I kind of question you. I mean, you weren't even at home for a year, and you moved to the trailer. So, so, so what? So what? It's not. It's not a lifestyle thing. It's okay. Well, I think it's a lifestyle considering I see a meth lab behind you. Um, you know, you could have done that in your house, right? Yeah, well, you know, in the trailer, it felt more Breaking Badish. You know, you, you're talking about the the couple that had missing teeth and died from an ATM crushing them. That that was the lifestyle you were aiming for. It seemed pretty fun on the show. I mean, they did get a couple episodes out of it. So <laughs> probably... Speaking of the show, uh, Walking Dead is actually done, I heard. Well, <laughs> by done, as in the initial inclination of the show is done. Now, did, now you, the... did you hold on? Did you watch all of it? I... Did not watch this, the remaining. I saw they broke up the last season in three parts. So I saw all the episodes of the first part. And basically, we I was DVRing them to get to the second part. We had issues with our box at some point where they replaced the box. <laughs> where the box so was, lost where the boxes, where the box was like, come on, man. 
<laughs> like, no one's watching this anymore. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just internally. It's like, no, I am not holding on to this. I am anymore. not using my recording ability to do this. So I kind of lost that. And then I totally did not see. <laughs> like, it was like one of those. I'm on Facebook and they're like, oh, my God, it's so sad. It's gone. I'm like, it came back. What? I didn't even know the third part was out there. So uh, I missed out on all that. But to answer your question, technically that show is done. But for what I understand, Fear the Walking Dead is still on. There are apparently three offshoots from the main show. Three. Yeah. So one is one is uh, Rick and Michonne. Um, oh, he's so, back. Yeah. He's back. He's yeah, back. Apparently, the, the last scene of the last episode. Uh, side note: uh, spoilers. Um, he they show him back, and Michonne finds him. So they have their show. He was supposed to have movies, but I'm guessing they're having the show. Uh, Daryl Dixon somehow is going to get to Paris from the United States in a zombie apocalypse, and his show is based out of there. The the fun part was he was supposed to go, it was supposed to be him and Carol, for what I understand. Then they announced they were going to do like all the all the um, recordings in Europe, where she just dropped out the last minute. So it's just Daryl Dixon. <laughs> and then finally, Maggie and Negan have their show called Dead Island, where I would assume they're on an island with the dead. Maggie and Negan. Is that like a yeah. like a romance? Like a yeah, I'm sure it's one of those. You know what? I always hate you for killing my husband, but come here. Yeah, give me a hug. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where that is. They just won't let it go, huh? I guess they're still making good AMC money. I that's the only thing I could fathom. I mean, I know Daryl, uh, the guy who plays Daryl Norman Reedus, he always he loves doing it. He love. He's got his sideshow where he motorcycles across the country. That Robert Kirkman. So it's just going to be. It's just me, Daryl, just almost dying, and living like and over and over country. and over and over again in another yeah, show. So, so yeah. So for what I understand, of the European one, they had a teaser at the end of one of these seasons where you remember the wait. Remember there, were, in, there was a European. Walking yeah, he's going to be in Europe. Oh, okay. He's, he's going to be in Europe. I don't know how. Apparently, you don't have running water, but you can get cross continent. He's going to be. They'll explain. He's going to be like wearing capris and loafers and smoking, <laughs> smoking yeah. a cigarette. I, I guess like one day he's going to fall asleep in the canoe and he wakes up and it's like, oh, France. I don't know, but uh, in any case, so the one difference is apparently one season ended where. You remember the when they went to the CDC and they had that doctor and he blew up the CDC? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently they did a teaser where he he had there was a recording that doctor talking to somebody in Europe and he's like yeah yeah we're trying things nothing's working here in the states I want I want to hear more information about the mutations you were speaking of over in Europe and basically the the mutation is they're fast zombies. So they run now. Yes. Scott, are you there? Scott, 
chat are you there no my my we, screen's we frozen we we need your what are we doing office. here why are we keeping this going so wait so the season ended i mean the series ended and the zombies are just still running around and that's it yeah i mean oh. there's a world full of consequences but if you're famous and people like you you can't die that's the walking dead mm. i saw the other day they're like series finale and it was like I had no clue this was still even going on. Yeah, yeah. I tapped out. I I think I tapped out right after like the Negan, like maybe the second Negan season, where I'm like, well, nothing happens, and they just trap people, and then they get away, and that's kind of the end of it. Yep. But now we're doing it in Europe with fast zombies. Actually, I tapped out whatever that season was where they just did like every episode was like one character and then they wouldn't come back to rick for like five episodes i'm like mm-hmm. i don't care mm-hmm. what happens to anybody i want to know what happens to rick maybe daryl and maybe no no rick and then daryl yeah, yeah oh yeah maggie too let's see what happens to her and then she goes away and does her acting career and comes back yeah yeah, yeah that that's a slap in the face where she's like i'm too good for the show i got my own show i'm gone <laughs> Okay, that got canceled after one season. I'm back! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Turns out Hollywood during an apocalypse isn't that good. It's not that mm-hmm. great. Uh, but it kind of, as you brought that up, it, it kind of brings up a story I wanted to bring up to you as the finale happened. About two weeks ago, mm-hmm. I had this weird dream. Oh, I got a story about dreams too. Yeah. So, um, so this dream was, I, I don't know if I'm watching The Walking Dead or I'm like maybe in the universe and I'm watching this happen, but uh, you remember the guy Dale who wore the hat, had the beard, he was like season one and so forth. If you Googled it, you'd probably recognize him immediately okay. on there. So while you're doing that, I basically had a dream where like he was still in the show and doing things and like they just had some oh, kind yes. of like... Yes. They had Got some it. kind of tense battle, and it's kind of like it's over, and they won, and he's just like exhausted, and he he just leans back, and in my dream, there's a zombie razorback gorilla that he leans back onto, and I can't figure out if it's like a good zombie or he just doesn't know can we break down zombie razorback gorilla yeah so he he's a gorilla zombie yeah like a huge freaking gorilla Uh like dale is just like you know he's just summarizing oh you know we got past these people thank god we're safe and he's just so exhausted he just and what makes him a razorback I, i isn't that what you called like the big giant gorillas razorbacks silverbacks Silverbacks. Thanks. Silverback. Razorbacks are like the college football team that people root for, and they're pigs. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry I don't know much about gorillas. I apologize. I know about zombie gorillas. I'm sitting here thinking you just invented, like, or, like, I didn't know about a Razorback gorilla. I'm like, oh, my God, what are these things um, that Mike is talking about? But I was picturing a gorilla with, like, <laughs> sharp horns on his back. Um well, there's another movie idea, the Razorback Gorilla. But like, it's literally like he leans back and you can see like the deformed, like decaying face. And all. 
So it's clearly a zombie gorilla. Let's not let's not skip over the fact that you just created a race of primates called no. razorback gorillas. That's what happens when the zombies bite them. They turn razorback. <laughs> okay, continue, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, there's nothing much that happens after that, but like I spend the entire time, like I woke up and like for a while, I'm like, I started Googling at gorillas and walking dead and I'm like, okay, that was a dream. I didn't bring that into my head. So now it's funny you say that. Cause like walking dead in the jungle, I might be into that. Like the, 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 the Congo with like actual gorillas and zombies. <laughs> Like if we're gonna get weird, let's get. Weird. If this is a worldwide pandemic, let's uh, let's go into the Congo with like tribes defending their 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 crops and stuff like that from gorillas. But then all of a sudden, zombies too, lions. Let's let's do it. So as we restart, uh, we just had to uh, <laughs> we we restarted because we had to, our meeting closed. But it just happened again, Mike. You see the door behind me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that did not open because of a Walking Dead um, update. <laughs> My son, just I'm sitting here and also here, boom, and just him slapping on the door. He's been in bed for the last two hours. <laughs> uh, just scared the living hell. Are there Razorback gorillas? Oh, yeah, I googled it. I- Let's go. African Razorback Gorillas died of old age. Man. All right. Maybe there are Razorback huh? Gorillas. I don't know. Yeah. I Maybe apologize. some of the stuff I say is actually correct. I will, I will issue an apology from the Verbal Shenanigans PR team. Sorry to offend any Razorback Gorilla fans. Apparently, there are something called Razorback. What, are they, what do they look like? Razorback. This is a weird article from Oopy. <laughs> if you want news sources, you go to Oopy.com, okay? Razor. Oh, a Razorback is a Silverback. God damn it. We're both talking about the same animal. Okay. <laughs> oh, man, it's not fun when no one wins. We're just talking about the same stupid gorilla that we see all the time. <laughs> It's not stupid. It's a zombie now. Remember that. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm 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 kind of into zombie gorillas. That kind of make that kind of sounds fun. I don't know, man. I, we we got to get the hell out of here. Um, <laughs> I know we're we're. Are you real- sure this conversation is really going in an intelligent yeah. direction? Scotty? Yeah, we're real, we're really killing it right now. But our guest killed it tonight. So I want to thank I want to thank Daniel Klitzner for coming on. Go get yourself a bop it or. A, uh, the new Bopid uh, one button thing for uh, for charity and whatnot. Michael, anything to promote before we go? I really don't have much to promote, but uh, in light of uh, what just recently was announced a couple of days ago with uh, the Green Ranger, Jason David Frank, and as we're talking about the holidays, if anybody is like lonely and down about the holidays and thinking about stuff, please dial 988. That is the three-digit suicide and crisis lifeline. Uh, people are going to be there to talk you through things. Uh, a lot of depression occurs around this time, and we're here to give you a little comedy and cheer you up. But in all seriousness, if you have any kind of thoughts like that, 
I implore sure. you and all, it's not worth it. Dial 988, talk to somebody. Let's figure this out. Very sad moment. Let's, let's keep the holidays happy and keep people in this world. Absolutely. And I will promote um, in a similar veins to holidays. Um, I'm also doing a little, just a little silly workout thing for them. Uh, but St. Jude's Children's Research Center, um, just doing 3,000 push-ups this month, which is 100 push-ups a day. Uh, raised some money. I already raised about 300 bucks, which is cool. Um, but if you want to donate, they are apparently one of the only nonprofit hospitals for children's research and children's cancer treatment. Um, so go check out St. Jude's. I'll put up our link, uh, my link or whatever. Um, and I have impeccable pecs, you know, uh, for, for at, at the end of this month. Um, I'm about 100, 100 push-ups behind, Mike. I missed a day because I wasn't feeling well. But I, I got this. I got this. Um, but it, it's it's titties for kitties, man. Nice nice pecs for for, 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 for kids. Uh, but please, they are... Um, apparently, they are one of the charities that always gets, like, A-rated and whatnot. Uh, I want to thank Daniel. I want to thank uh, Mike, sort of, for, for, for coming on. And guys, life is funny. Laugh at it. Keep the wind at your back. Bye-bye. And get your holiday orders in for funeral foods because we're getting packed up. Funeral foods. <laughs>